Welcome to Cowboy Church with your host, Russ Weaver and Susie McIntyre. So sit back and enjoy some good singing, some great testimony, and some good preaching. Welcome to Cowboy Church. Hey, I'm Russ Weaver. And I'm Aubrey Bullock-Nieper, and we're back here at Cowboy Church's Roundup Revival with Willie Pickard. Willie, you gave a great message last week about contentment, and you're going to finish it this week. Last week was about the, the key verses, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Right. So, so uh, you gave us a little insight into that. Did you, did you get anything out of that? Yeah, I, uh, I liked how you, you, know, you said you want to be a world-class roper, but you're not going to just rub the genie in the bottle and pray to God, and all of a sudden you're going to wake up and be at the NFR and wearing gold buckles and all that good stuff. So, I, you know, I've heard about enough of that. I still, I still would like that to happen. <laughs> well, I mean, it can, but it's not going to happen, you know. But that's not the it. reason behind yes. this verse, is it? Yeah. Not trying to steal your dream. You still go after that. Yeah, yeah, but that's not, the, that's not the meaning behind this yes. verse. And I thank you for bringing some clarity. That's, it's helping us to deal with life as it, as it comes. I can deal with life. So today, you're going to finish up on this, this contentment. Now, you title your message that that we started with it, it it's about contentment but the title is what enough enough do, do you have enough do you feel like oh i you thought you just tell me to quit talking <laughs> well <laughs> that's enough, enough. <laughs> there you go. okay enough do you have enough yeah well the the, the key deal is right here we don't have enough yet because he's going to tell us what the rest of that is in just a little while i'm looking forward to having you with us thank you for being on cowboy church with us glad to be with you we'll be right back in just a minute Thank you. This is a song about my growing up years. When Reba got a part in the Christmas play, though she only had one song to sing, Mama spent all day and called the family together. cattle deep Everybody knew we couldn't pay our bills We never missed a bill We called the family together Cause family's there to cheer us on Our catches when we fall They may not have all the answers But they'll be there Dog named Jack made his way through the wedding cake. We had an all-night bed and called the family together. And when Alice's baby fought for her life until we knew she'd be alright, we prayed all night and called the family together. Cheer us up, our catches when we fall. They may not have all the answers, but they'll be there when we call. Somehow 
In my life, I, um, in my first marriage, I had quite a bit of trouble. Uh, there was turmoil in my life. And it got to where I really couldn't even breathe. And at some points when I was on stages like this, my jaws would lock up so solid from the stress and the tension in my life that I couldn't even open up my mouth to sing. And you know, it wasn't just the outward tension that was there that showed up. It was the inside of my heart that was so stove up and like a, a, an onion, it just had layers waiting to be peeled off and used. A few years later, I um, released myself from that marriage, I'm sad to say. I, I believe in the sanctity of marriage. I believe that it should last forever, but I couldn't stick with it anymore. So I opted to leave my first husband and um, instantly I felt the oppression come away from me. It's been a transition, it's been a process. But I know that many of you out there are battling some of the things that I battled. And I'm not saying that you should leave the situation that you're in, that's your decision. But one thing I know that people should not oppress another person, especially in the sanctity of marriage. And the marriage that I have now to my husband, Mark Eaton, is so freeing to me that this song right here rings true for me. I'm breathing easier than I've ever breathed before, and it's all because of Christ in my life.
Paul had to learn these things, and that's what he's saying. This is what I've learned. Maybe in whatever kind of work you do, you know, over time, you, you learn your job more. You learn little tricks or little different things to make your job easier or help you in your work. Paul says, through my Christian experience, and remember, he's an older man now. He's, he's not going to be in the world much longer when he's wrote this, but He's been in the Christian walk for at least 30 years now, and he says, I've learned something in my walk with the Lord. Well, as I said here, Paul says, you know, hey, this wasn't in me. This is something I've learned in my walk with the Lord. This is something that I have developed through my walk with him. But you know what, Paul, he did not grip tightly on what he thought ought to happen, but he gripped tightly to the grace of God through these things that happen. You've got a plan, you want to get this, this, and this done, and then sometimes those things fall apart, don't they? And I'm the same way, you get up in the morning, you get things, this is what I'm gonna get accomplished today, and then sometimes something doesn't happen, and if you've gripped too tightly to that plan, you're going to be messed up. You're not going to be content. you got to roll with it. Hey, God's got another plan here. Yeah, maybe this didn't happen the way you thought because he wants you to go this way and got something for you there. Well, Paul, he, he's learning responsibility here. And what a great thing that is. But he says, I have learned to be content. 
And this word speaks about where I have learned to be content. It speaks about someone who has resource, the, the resources are within them so that they don't depend on the substitutes around them. You think about it. A lot of times we'll think, or at least I did, I would be content if I had this new truck or if I had this, I had this. And I'm talking about external things. Paul says, I'm content because I'm being developed on the inside. I'm looking for these things on the inside, not the external things. And folks, there's nothing wrong with having things or money. The Bible is not against that. The problem is if we let our possessions possess us. That's the problem. You can have things, and God has blessed some Christian people with great resources, but those resources don't control them. And so Paul here, he's saying, you know, I can be content in these things because he has a Christ-centered contentment. I like what one author spoke uh, writing about this said, you know, this, this uh, Christ-centered contentment is not like a software program that's preloaded in a new computer. This is something that's developed over time. And that's what Paul did here. His contentment is not gained externally, it is grown internally. And Peter spoke about this a lot in 1 Peter chapter 1. But you know what, where he speaks of here, for I have learned to be content. This learning here, uh, especially to the Jewish people, and I think this is ultimately true today, when they spoke of learning, this is not just something you learned, it's something that you apply also. You know, that's the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge, you might learn something, but it becomes wisdom when you apply it to your life and do it. And so that's what, that's what Paul was speaking of here, that he has done these things. And um, contentment is practicing the art of keeping a light touch on external substitutes that cannot satisfy, but a strong grip on the grace of God that has been lavished on you. Ephesians 1.8 speaks about that, about being grateful for what you have and applying it to your heart. I like what Charles Spurgeon wrote a couple hundred years ago, and he wrote it on this text here. And he's talking, he's talking about contentment. He's, he says, contentment is not something that may be exercised naturally, but a science that is acquired gradually. Then he says this, brother and sister, hush that complaint as natural as it is and continue as a diligent student in the college of contentment. But Paul here, he was content. And I want you to notice the word, a word that comes to mind here is acceptance. Not only should you appreciate whatever you have and apply whatever you learn, but thirdly, we should accept wherever you are. As he says in verse 12, I know both how to be abased and this just means to being humbled or, you know, having a demeaning status in life. And I know how to abound. And this word speaks about literally overflowing with things. So he says, you know, whether I don't have anything, I'm starving, things are rough, or, you know, I've got plenty of things. He says, I know how to handle these things. And he says, I know how to both how to be a base, how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry. Now, folks, if you know much about Paul's life, 
and he speaks about it especially in 2 Corinthians. He shares some of the things that he's faced in life since he's been a Christian. He shares some of those, and he's not sharing them on bragging in 2 Corinthians. He's not sharing them that way. He's sharing them because some false teachers, some false apostles have come in and said, hey, you need to follow me. Forget about Paul. Paul doesn't know what he's talking about. You need to follow us. And Paul shares some of the things he's gone through because he loves people and how he wants to see them come to Christ. And just briefly, he shares a few things, like five times he received 40 lashes, less one. Three times he was beaten with rods. Once he was stoned. Three times he was shipwrecked. Uh, night and a day he was adrift at sea. He was on frequent journeys. He was in danger from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from his own people, dangers from Gentiles. Danger, danger everywhere. He was hungry. He was thirsty at times. And the average Christian would probably be like, mm, if they were Paul, been like, hey, yeah, I might just need to quit this. Don't be sharing the gospel anymore. Look at the hardship. Evidently, the Lord doesn't want me to do this. Look how hard it is. Well, Paul says, no, I'm going on in these things. Because he had learned that the Christian life is not a series of accidents, it's a series of appointments and assignments. But Paul can be both positive and realistic. This isn't a Pollyanna-type attitude I'm speaking of here, or Paul was speaking of. He faced hardships, as he says in 14, notwithstanding you have done well, that you did communicate with my affliction. And that word affliction speaks of intense pressure and trouble. He had troubles. He had trials. You read in his, apostle, in his epistles about, and even in this one where Paul cried at times. He was crying for believers. He, he was joyful at times too, but Paul faced afflictions. And so he's not saying, hey, you know, this is just a positive attitude type thing. He says, no, I'm going to focus on what's important and focus on the things that I have. And fourthly, I'm going to be dependent. We should uh, appreciate whatever you have, apply whatever you learn, accept wherever you are, and now abandon the Christ, whatever you do. I like here in this section, Paul says, I have learned. And he's talking about he's learned a secret here. And that word learned is only used, the Greek word for it is only used in this verse in the New Testament. It's not used anywhere else. And it speaks about something he's learned in secret, something that he's, that, uh, that he's learned behind closed doors that's gave him a better understanding of his religion. Now, Paul's not talking about, you know, to be discontented Christian, you've got to learn a secret handshake, you've got to learn this or that. That's not what he's speaking of here. He just got, says, I've learned insight through these trials that I've gone through. There again, God was working on him just like he's going to do us. He wants to make him Paul. He wanted to make him more Christ-like just like he does us. And Paul had used these trials the right way. When something would happen, instead of, woe is me, I'm mad at God. What's he doing to me? Paul's like, I'm going to learn what God wants me to learn through this situation. I'm going to get closer to him. And that's what he did. And so he learned a secret here and a secret that he's going to share with each one of us. He says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Now, folks, that verse is a great verse. And 
I've seen it on T-shirts. I've seen it on magnetic stickers. I've seen it on bumper stickers. You name it, I've seen that verse. But the majority of the time, we misapply that verse. We like to use this verse in whatever kind of desire we have in life. If I just ask Jesus to help me in that desire, I want to be great at it. I don't know how, how many times I've heard like a sports team, a coach giving a speech, and he'll quote this verse like it's going to help him go win the game. That's not what Paul's speaking about here. We need to keep things in context. And so what is Paul speaking about where he says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. What's this all things he's talking about? He's talking about, I can be content in hardships. I can be content when things are going great. I can be content when I'm hungry. I can be content when I'm starving. I can be content when I'm full. He says, I can do all of these things, and then he gives the secret, through Christ, which strengtheneth me. And I've been guilty of this, and maybe you have too. I've had a good motive to help somebody or to do something, but I didn't consult the Lord first, and then I fell flat on my face. Had good intentions, but I wasn't doing it through Christ, which Paul says here will strengthen us. And he will. He will help us this. Paul's given us the inside scoop on how to grow in this uh, attitude of contentment. He's saying we should leave it all with Christ. We should let him strengthen us and help us. But as I said, most time we take it out of context and we don't do those things. And, you know, maybe at your cowboy church or wherever you go to church at, maybe sometimes the pastor or somebody there has asked you to maybe help with something, and you're like, oh, no, I can't do that. I'm too nervous. I'm too scared. I can't do that. But every time I get up to preach, I'm scared to death, which I look at it as a good thing because I'm not going to try to do it on my own, you know. But if the Lord deals with you about doing something, don't just all of a sudden say, no, I can't do that. That's out of my comfort zone. I can't do it. Well, God wants to push us out of that comfort zone because then we'll look to him. And, and so, so what is God asking you to do? Where has he placed you today? What challenges are you facing this week? What heartaches are you carrying? What pressures are you facing? What losses are you suffering? Hey, maybe it's on the other end. What promotions have I experienced? What abundance do you need to handle with balance and wisdom? So even if we're on the other end, we still need to look to Christ. And so Paul wants us to look to him and be that person that's going to do all things, as he speaks of here, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. But let's keep our mind and focus on what's important. Or sharing the gospel with others, showing that the gospel's changed us also, and not being grumblers, not being complainers, but being content and looking to our Savior. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come to you, and I just thank you for each one that's here. I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you for your precious son who just amazes me, would want to come. But more than that, he willingly chose to go to a cross and die on a cross to pay for our sins. Let Christ strengthen us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.